Purdue football news. Welcome to the Golden Black Radio pregame show as we get you set for Saturday's kickoff. Now here's your host, Kyle Charter. The Boilermakers make the short trip down to Indianapolis for the Big Ten Championship game as an underdog in a matchup against number two Michigan at Lucas Oil Stadium. I'm Kyle Charters. Tom Deanhart here. Alan Carpet by in a couple of minutes. We'll preview the game on Gold and Black Radio. All right, Tom, an opportunity here for the Boilermakers. No pressure, right? Uh, all of that belongs to the Wolverines. Purdue, a heavy underdog, more than a couple of touchdowns. But, man, you can only win the game if you give yourself a chance to play in the game, and Purdue has that opportunity on Saturday night down in Indy. Yeah, one of the biggest games in school history. I mean, um, probably not an overstatement to say if they win. Maybe it's the biggest win in school history, honestly. I know the Rose Bowl win after the 1966 season was huge, but to play in a game with this stakes against an opponent of this quality, I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find, a, again, a uh, – a game of bigger magnitude or a victory that would be any more significant. So again, the, the odds are long, sort of David versus Goliath. But like you said, they've got this opportunity and uh, have some fun, right? Because like you said, there's no pressure on Purdue. It's all on Michigan. But honestly, Kyle, even if Michigan loses, they're still going to the playoff. But still, you know they want to win this ball game. But for Purdue, again, no pressure. Have fun. Just a little all hang out. Purdue's been pretty good in these situations, six and three by my count away from ross Aid Stadium uh, over the last couple of years as an underdog. Now, probably not as big an underdog as what they will be on Saturday, but Purdue has to take some confidence into the game knowing that it has been in similar situations against teams that are favored to win away from home and been able to come out with victories. Yeah, it's been crazy. Even Jeff Brom, you saw that stat, I'm sure, the the record against top three teams is the Purdue coach, 3-0. and I mean, the yeah. 2018 Ohio State win, then two last year against Iowa and Michigan State. So they certainly haven't shrunk from the big moment. They certainly haven't shrunk from the bright, bright spotlight, risen to the occasion a number of times against big-time oppositions. And this thing, it hasn't, doesn't, won't get any bigger than it will be Saturday night. In Lucas Oil Stadium. So you're right. They've had an uncanny ability to, so for at least recently, play pretty well in, in these games against these quality of, of opponents. Yeah. Seems to me that for Purdue to be able to have success in the game on Saturday, Aiden O'Connell in that passing game, the offensive line, all of those things are going to have to work maybe as well together as what they have all season long. Does it seem to you Purdue's got to be able to pass the ball, get guys open? hit some big plays, try to get some scores that way to keep up on the scoreboard with Michigan. Yeah, you're right. I mean, big plays especially. I I don't think anybody envisions Purdue running multiple 10, 11, 12-play drives against that Michigan defense and succeeding. You're going to need the big chunk plays, the the downfield passes. Maybe Mockaby can rip off a run or two. It's going to be tough. Got to do all you can to try to keep that Michigan defense off balance. But you're right. As usual, the passing game is going to have to be big, Kyle. But, you know, I talked about Mockaby. I mean, he's sort of an X factor, right? He's got to figure out a way maybe to, to, to find some running room to keep that Michigan defense on its heels. Again, as we know, if that happens, that certainly would make that play-action pass game have more bite for Aiden O'Connell. It's been a uh, really rough last week and a half here for, for Aiden O'Connell with the passing of his Older brother before the Indiana game, the emotion involved in that, just a, a horrible tragedy for him and his family. 
He came back to practice in the middle of this week. He's a veteran. He's played a whole lot. You would imagine that he'll be focused on the task at hand, but none of this has been easy. No, it really hasn't. It's uh, almost been like a story. I'm sure a nightmare for him. Um, I guess he found out about his brother's death, I think, last Thursday and wasn't even at the meetings on Friday going into the IU game. And we couldn't imagine the emotion that he, he had to play with. We saw it after the game, but just trying to trying to cope and deal with that in Bloomington. He did it, spent time back home this week with his family, obviously grieving, taking care of, I'm sure, personal matters. He's back on campus on Wednesday. Like you said, he's a veteran. He's a six-year player. He's played a lot of football, so uh, I'm sure they can get him up to speed, but he still has to be dealing with so much emotionally, right, Kyle? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be uh, tremendously difficult. Uh, I have never had to deal with such a thing, uh, thank, thank goodness, um, but, man, it's got to be got to be really rough. I do think there is some, as Jeff Brom said on Thursday, I think some – some good that comes of just being back with your guys a little bit, but nothing, nothing completely erases the sting either. This is a Michigan team, Tom, that's really good. 12 and 0, obviously number two in the country. It can run the football. We will not see Blake Corum on Saturday, but man, they've got other backs who are really good. They're going to put some pressure on Purdue's defense to say the least. Yeah. I mean, Donovan Edwards stepped in last week, you know, Corum hardly played. He tried to play at Ohio state. Wasn't up for it again. Donovan Edwards took over and, What's he do, Kyle? He only runs for over 200 yards. So I'm not going to cry for Michigan. Um, they just got him lined up, the blue chippers lined up, and Edwards can more than carry the load uh, from a running standpoint from Michigan. <clears throat> what was interesting, I think, what happened in the horseshoe was the pass game for, uh, for the Wolverines. Most people sort of, I think, maybe had a little bit of doubt how good it really was. Well, Ohio State dared him to pass, Kyle. Played zero coverage. Some man free and uh, single high coverage, and they made Ohio State pay for it. J.J. Uh, McCarthy's obviously a capable quarterback. They've got plenty of weapons on the edge. So, again, uh, this is a team that can not only beat you running and pounding you with, uh, with, with, with the rock, but they can also throw that rock over your head too. Really the only thing we're watching from an injury point of view, and maybe you have an update on this that I haven't yet seen, but that's probably Branson Dean. Is that right? I mean, is he in? Is he out? Uh, what is the status on him? And is he he's really the only one we're watching for? Yeah, really. He's the only one. And uh, I know he practiced uh, in, in a limited capacity this week. Uh, still probably a game-time decision. Hasn't played, uh, what, for – he didn't play last week, I know for sure. I think he got hurt at Illinois. So, yeah, he, he's the only real significant guy um, to really to keep an eye out for. So, again, I expect a game-time decision on number 58. You certainly would like your best defensive tackle going against this very tough physical Michigan offensive line. The weather inside Lucas Oil will be uh, 72, very little wind, one would hope, <laughs> inside. <laughs> let's, get a, uh, let's get a full weather update uh, with WLFI's David Seipel. Uh, after that, your conversation with Chris Ballas of the Wolverine. That's coming up and more on Golden Black Radio. Hello from News 18. I'm Storm Team 18 meteorologist David Seipel. The Boilermakers are taking on Michigan in the Big Ten Championship at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indy. 
If you'll be taking the trip down early in the morning to begin pre-kickoff festivities, temperatures in Indianapolis will be in the 30s with falling temperatures all day long. By noontime, expect those temperatures to be near 34 with west-northwest winds 15 miles per hour and gusts up to 25 to 30. And throughout the rest of the day, temperatures will hold steady in the mid-30s with gusty winds. Fortunately, the weather shouldn't impact the game since the boilers will enjoy the indoor atmosphere at Lucas Oil. On your way back home, it will be cold with temperatures moving fast into the 20s after sunset. Overall, if you'll be outside, be sure to dress warmly and prepare for windy conditions with wind chills in the 20s all afternoon long. From News 18, I'm Storm Team 18 meteorologist David Seipel. Boiler up, hammer down. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-587-3185. To talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-587-3185. It's time to break it down as we go in-depth about Purdue's opponent. Hey, really pleased to be joined by a longtime buddy, Chris Ballas of the Wolverine, the premier destination for all things Michigan athletics been covering that beat for years and Chris is going to kind of give us the skinny on the mighty Michigan Wolverines in advance of Saturday night's Big Ten championship game Chris thanks for joining us let's jump right in first off tell our fans what they can expect from this Michigan offense on Saturday night yeah, it's going to be interesting, Tom, uh, and it's great to be with you, brother. Uh, two things. I don't think Blake Corum's going to play again, and we try saw him try to go on his bum knee. He's going to have to some, have some work done on that, and I think you're going to see him miss the Big Ten championship game, Michigan's Heisman Trophy contending running back. So it's going to be probably on Donovan Edwards, who played that Ohio State game with a broken – well, there's a – let's just say there's something wrong with his right hand. So he had a big cast on it. And uh, there were some ball security questions going into that game, but he really answered them, showed some toughness. As Jim Harbaugh said Monday, Michigan's head coach, he said a lot of guys would have sat that one out. He didn't. He ran for 216 yards and and being Big Ten Player of the Week. But I think you're going to see a little bit more in the passing game, to be honest with you, and and maybe a little bit more of J.J. McCarthy, Michigan quarterback, running the ball. When he started to do that in the second half, Tom, is when really things really started to loosen up a little bit and kind of kept that Ohio State defense off balance. Until then, they were doing a lot of run blitzing and really playing up on those Michigan receivers and not really respecting them. So they're going to have to turn a page because um, they don't have the weapons that they had earlier in the year when you don't have Blake Corum, when you rely so heavily on one guy. So with this offensive line, is one of the better run-blocking lines I've seen at Michigan, Tom. And like you said, I've been around for a long time. So they aren't going to abandon that. There's no way. But I think you're going to see a little bit more – uh, variety, I think, in the offense, and uh, they definitely want to win the second straight Big Ten championship and certainly aren't taking Purdue for granted. Tell you what, the Michigan offense, lots of big plays in Columbus. Purdue's going to have to have its head on a swivel. Now, Chris, tell us about the defense. What can uh, the Boilermaker fans expect from that Wolverine defense Saturday in Lucas Oil Stadium? 
Yeah, Jim Harbaugh said it at the beginning of the year, this is a no-star defense, but he said this could be even better than last year's that had a couple of picks there in Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo at the edge that really went high in the NFL draft. So, and he was right. Uh, they've got guys that are always in great position. These are like the old Bo Schembechler defenses and that they are never out of position. They don't give up a bunch of good play, big plays. They've got great safety play really probably some of the better safety play that they've had in the last couple of decades. So defensive line with Mozzie Smith, they're banged up there. I don't know that Mike Morris will play. He didn't play very much against Ohio State, and he was their best pass rusher, so had to rely on a couple of other guys there. But uh, the linebackers have really come on strong. Junior Colson, Michael Barrett had great games against Ohio State, and the corners are, are really solid. So this will be a different test for them, though, uh, in that secondary, obviously, with the way that Purdue likes to throw the ball. It's going to be kind of unique as to what they've seen this year and because Purdue's so good at it. So uh, I, I would imagine that you're going to see more of a freshman in Will Johnson, who's really come on strong, a former five-star, and that you're going to see Jamon Green tested. The big plays that he's that have been given up over the last few weeks have been against him, and he's been solid this year, really good at times, but the veteran uh, needs to be a little bit better there. So, uh, But they are, are, haven't gotten to the, the passer as much this year, Tom, uh, but they've done a really good job in protection so lots of coverage sacks and a lot of a lot of really good play in the secondary in the back seven that has really made this team go okay Chris Michigan's about a 16 and a half point favorite looks like they're headed to the college football playoff win or lose honestly yeah kind of give us a quick skinny on how you think this game will unfold yeah, I think Purdue's going to move the ball a little bit. I do. Uh, I think I love Jeff Brom as a play caller, and I think that he's going to have a have them ready to play. I know that they're going to be well represented there and uh, right down the road. So I think it'll be a lot of fun. I think this will be a tight one for at least a half. I think that uh, I think Purdue can hang. I really do. And really, a lot of teams have hung with Michigan for a half this year. Rutgers was leading Michigan at Rutgers earlier this year. So uh, Michigan's second half adjustments have been outstanding. They gave up three points to Ohio State in the second half. In the shoe, Tom, I think Michigan has too much firepower on both sides of the ball and pulls away for a win, maybe something like 34-17 or 34-20. to Yeah, going to be tough for the Boilermakers, no doubt, Chris. Hey, look forward to seeing you in Naptown, my friend. Safe travels. Again, Chris Ballas, the Wolverine. Uh, appreciate you stopping by giving us some knowledge, sir. Anytime. Thanks, Tom. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. Broadcasting from Golden Black World Headquarters, north of Purdue's campus, this is the Golden Black Radio Pregame Show. All right, Tom, let's uh, talk a little bit about what happens after Purdue's game on Saturday, the bowl outlook for the Boilermakers. It seems like it's becoming a little bit more clear. Uh, what was not clear over the last couple of days was, was Purdue and the Rose Bowl, should the Boilermakers win on Saturday, I don't know how all that got started. I think somebody screen-capped two of the three paragraphs about the Rose Bowl rules and left out the one that was significant uh, to the winner of the Big Ten championship game should that team not go to the college football playoffs. It's clear now. Purdue will go to the Rose Bowl if it wins the game on Saturday, right? Yes, that, that was such a silly inferno for a while, wasn't it? 
Yeah. Yes, thank you. I thank you so well and so succinctly uh, recap there, Kyle. If the Big Ten champ is not in the college football playoff, contractually that team is bound to go to the Rose Bowl. So should Purdue pull off the, the huge upset this, as a 16 and a half point underdog? Fans can pack their bags for, for Pasadena. And uh, yeah, so that would be a, a heck of a feather in everybody's cap, including the coaching staff. Um, but if that doesn't happen, Kyle, I, I, I feel pretty confident that Purdue probably is going to land in Florida somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like either Orlando or Tampa, right? I mean, those would be the next two. And it, it you know, it just feels like there's some momentum building for Purdue, having had now the Boilermakers in uh, the big game here on Saturday night, that Purdue would be a selection for at least one of those two bowls down in Florida. Yeah, you know, there again, there is no, there's no merit. You, you, the, the, when, when it comes to making these bowl selections, they, they don't care really what your record is. They don't care who you beat. They don't care where you finished in a conference. It's just more so about, you know, trying to spread teams out, get, get different venues for schools to go to. And the Big Ten office is the one that ultimately pulls the trigger and decides who's going to go where. The Bulls will submit to the conference office who they would like to have in the league office. Makes, they sort through all of those requests, and they're the ones who ultimately decide who's going to go where. And, uh, yeah, for Purdue, like you said, Kyle, I mean, again, you can't always use logic here, but logically you think they, they got to the Big Ten title game. If they lose, they certainly would merit a spot there in the Citrus Bowl. Now, Jerry Palm told me they like to have nine-win teams in the Citrus Bowl but there's no nine-win team available if Penn State goes off to like the Cotton Bowl or something. So uh, that's probably going to be Purdue, you would think, would, would, be the, would make the most sense to go to Citrus Bowl, which is the best, the quote-unquote best bowl for Big Ten teams in Florida. Yeah. And, and you've probably seen the prognostications from, from Palm and others. I'm sure the listeners have too. Almost everybody has Purdue playing LSU in the Citrus Bowl, which would be a blast, I think. Yeah. Now, for some reason, Purdue slips out of, out of out of Orlando. I'm sure they would go to Tampa. It's called the ReliaQuest Bowl, the old Outback Bowl. Mm-hmm. You could play somebody like South Carolina, which has had a fun season under Shane Beamer. So either way, Kyle, man, how can you complain with Orlando or Tampa? And I, I just love playing SEC teams that Purdue's never played before. So I always love fresh matchups. And if you can do it in nice weather, it's even better too, right? Isn't it crazy how much all of this has changed in the last 20 years? I can remember back in the day, Tom, just showing up in Joe Tiller's office on the, the on a Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, after learning that Purdue had uh, been selected to El Paso or whatever. <laughs> you know, and, and it's the, you know crazy how much it's changed now into, into yeah. what it has become with sort of the as you as you outlined there, the the conferences sort of making the selections for the bulls. I mean the the yeah. whole bowl rep thing, the whole bowl rep thing, it's sort of become I mean it's not non-existent because those guys still show up, I think because they can get free tickets to games, but it just is is relatively meaningless these days. Sort of I'm great. still trying I'm I'm still trying to figure get one of those gigs, Kyle. You gotta help me out. <laughs> I figured I, I figured by now you'd be like a tour guide in El Paso with all the trips you made in the Sun Bowl over the years, too. That's right. I'm surprised, I'm surprised you ever came back. <laughs> I like that place, man. Those people down there are nice. I've heard I've heard a lot of great things about El Paso. It's supposed to be a great venue. And yeah. it's 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 a classic bowl, man. It's it's been around forever. Yeah. All right, let's uh, take a break. We'll come back with more. You're listening to Golden Black Radio. 
On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill. Industrial and classic, the restaurant is built like a steakhouse but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event at the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. East End Grill in downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. What else is going on around the league? Let's take a look. It's the Big Ten Roundup. All right, let's bring in Alan Karpik for the Big Ten Roundup. Purdue is the only game in town uh, this week for the Big Ten, the Boilermakers in the championship game. Let's talk some other news from around the league. And the big news, uh, Alan, over the last uh, week has been the two coaching hires in the Big Ten West uh, with Luke Fickle at Wisconsin, Matt Rule uh, at Nebraska. It seems on the surface like a couple of good hires, guys with proven track re- records, especially at the collegiate level for Rule and and certainly for uh, for Fickle. Uh, let's start uh, in Nebraska. I mean, you know, the Cornhuskers have some high expectations. He was a very good college coach at, at Baylor. Seems like a good fit. Yeah, it does. And, and yet there, it's just such a mystery of what it's going to take to get over the hump there in, in a program that's proud that maybe thinks it's a little bit better than it really is. But yeah, the, the job, I think Baylor, but also the job he did at Temple too. He did a terrific job building a, a, a more abundant program back to, to some level of decency. So those things, you know, I think coaching at Nebraska, you got to get back to basics and just finding a way to, to best uh, best put together what you have. You know, I don't think the Cornhuskers are necessarily lacking for talent. And for some reason, it just didn't work for Scott Frost. So you have to figure that out uh, from that standpoint. I thought it was interesting that Rule also talked about, you know, he's not throwing Scott Frost under the bus. It was things that just didn't work out for him, but uh, he brought some talent in there. And uh, that kind of thing, I think, will help Nebraska because Scott Frost is a favorite son. And this is a guy that uh, obviously they were done with him, but uh, you got to mend fences. You fences. You want to be able to get that Nebraska family back together. If you're if you're a uh, Matt Rule and Trev Alberts trying to get it done, I just don't know that you can recruit to Nebraska like you could 25 years ago. I, I don't know. I mean, the landscape in, in recruiting has changed so much. Yeah, I, I think that's true, and I think that it's to, to, again to, to expect them to instantly jump back in the top twelve uh, in college football just seems to me to be unrealistic. And they, I'm not saying that, that uh, Matt Rule is necessarily saying that he can do that right away, but you have to be impressed by the job he's done in the college level. He didn't have the success at the pro level, but this is a guy that is a builder, and that's what they need. And maybe they just need a new face to to get it all put together because certainly going back to Scott Frost, that was looked at as a home run hire at the time. And Scott Frost did very well at UCF. So uh, it's just one of those things where you hope if you're a Nebraska fan, you got the right guy and on, and on the surface, it looks like they, they did. Uh, at Wisconsin uh, a month ago or so, I tweeted that I would eat my hat if Jim Leonard was not named the head coach. <laughs> of the Badgers. So 
Uh, I had a hat here sitting nearby. I'll probably start to cut it up. Uh, I, I was shocked by that. I thought the, I thought the whole plan here was was to hand this thing over to Leonard, and instead they go a different direction. Now it seems like a good hire. I mean, Luke Fickle has been uh, really good at Cincinnati, and um, you know, I I just I'm shocked. I just thought that I thought this was an open and shut deal for Wisconsin. Yeah, I think he may have been. <laughs> Did he lose say, the job? Did he lose the job? I think he can build a case for that. Certainly, well, you lose to you lose to um, Minnesota, which never sits well uh, with Badger fans. And his best performance, unfortunately for Purdue, might have just been that game against the Boilermakers. So uh, that uh, that is uh, best performance. His team's best performance, I should say. So. You know, I, I think that I think athletic directors, when you had a chance to get a Luke Fickle, also, and, and who knows all the how that played out um, and how what happened when, uh, but all of a sudden Fickle became available. And Fickle has obviously been a hot property for a number of places, and a, a guy that uh, a lot of schools would like to have, and certainly his resume and what he did at Cincinnati uh, in his seven years there has been very, very impressive. Uh, you know, so you run the risk now of something changes again with Ryan Day down the road. Uh, though the Ohio State fans want to fire him now, some do. How nutty is that? But because uh, you lose one game. But my point is, is that uh, you have that one risk of when Ohio State comes open down the road, when and if it does, uh, that's that's a factor. But I think it's a great hire, and it's took some courage probably to 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 pull away from Jim Leonard and and go away from that. And take this guy that is, by all accounts, has done very, very well and a very, very good football coach. That is the Big Ten Roundup. Let's go back in time. With a historical look, here's Alan Karthik. All right, now let's take a historical view of this series matchup. These two teams have not played since 2017. <laughs> Game one, an Easter, East Division team won a West Division team. Uh, Purdue's lost four in a row, though did beat them uh, a couple of times, what, in 2008, 2009. Uh, but they will renew this matchup uh, for the first time in a while on Saturday. And Purdue will get them next year in 2023, too. But, uh, yeah, and, and it, how good it is it for Purdue to be in this matchup. But Michigan has returned to its perch in the Big Ten, and, and that may be a tough thing for Purdue. But, yes, uh, Purdue has had, like every other Big Ten school besides Ohio State, has had its troubles with Michigan over the years. Did win uh, in the Rich Rod days, uh, Joe Tillers last year, in one of the most fun games I can remember, that 48-42 Justin Siller game. And then, of course, 2009 with the Ralph Bolden and Purdue winning in the big house, the only time it's won in the big house, dating back all the way back to 1966. So, uh, again, it's nothing new that uh, Purdue has struggled with the Wolverines. Just about everybody in the Big Ten does. Yeah, Al, the 2008 game was the Justin Siller embracing the future game. The 2009 game was the uh, the Zach Reckman uh, getting introduced to, what, Rich Rod by, by Danny Hope after the game? That was sort of crazy. Yeah, always amazed that Danny Hope took the Purdue's only win in 43 years in that facility to point that out. Why? I, I just think maybe you might want to celebrate that one a little differently, but... It was bizarre. That was that was uh, the way it went down in a in a an impressive comeback win for Purdue at uh, the Big House against a very bad Michigan team. I mean, Michigan in, yeah. eight, in 2008 and nine were not very good. Far different in 2022. These two teams, though, have have played in some big games, some meaningful games over the years. 
Right, mostly in the 1970s, really, if you go back deep, 1972, if Purdue had beaten Michigan and had a chance at the big house, nine to six loss, Otis Armstrong slips on the icy, almost relatively new AstroTurf. Michigan was one of the first, I think the first adopter in the Big Ten to AstroTurf. Uh, Purdue loses that game nine to six. In 1978 and 1980, two games in the big house against the Wolverines, both games with the big with the Rose Bowl on the line. Had Purdue won those games, uh, the Boilermakers were had the inside track to go to the Rose Bowl. It did not. 1978, losing 24 to six. And in, in 1980, with Mark Herman at quarterback, he got injured in that game, uh, got beat 26 to nothing. So Purdue and Michigan, Purdue needs to change that trend if it wants to get to Pasadena. But the Boilermakers and Wolverines do have a history. You know, you go back also to 2000, of course, the Travis Storch game. That that uh, was not a game where uh, the Rose Bowl was absolutely decided, but it did give Purdue yeah. uh, a, a chance to make its run through October and get to Pasadena. I feel it's crazy with this game on Saturday. I feel like that has been sort of underplayed or under talk about. Purdue is one win away from going to the Rose Bowl. I mean, it just, it's like, it's, I mean, I know Purdue's a big underdog, but it just feels like that's not being talked about as much as what you feel like maybe it should. It could, it could win one game and go to the Rose Bowl. Well, and all the nuttiness that went on the last bit about, well, are they going to be able to go to the Rose Bowl and all that stuff, which wasn't true. And we finally, finally dispelled that. The Big Ten champion goes to the Rose Bowl. Think, have this sink in. Purdue wins. It's the Big Ten champion. Yeah. You know, crazy. But, yeah, I agree with you. Nobody's really given pretty much of a chance. But, yes, a third trip to uh, Pasadena would be unbelievable. I used to say you had to have an NFL Hall of Fame quarterback, Bob Greasy, Drew Brees, Breeze isn't in the Hall of Fame yet, but he will be. Uh, to get to Pasadena, I don't know that Aiden O'Connell is uh, going to be enshrined in uh, in uh, the, the ability to do in Canton, but he will be. Uh, they may put a statue up for him for all that he's <laughs> uh, had to deal with in the last yeah. week. And if he could deliver Purdue to Pasadena, it would be unbelievable. Yeah, what what a uh, a cap to his story that would be, especially considering what has happened with him here over the last week. Uh, thanks, Al. All right. Thanks, Kyle. Uh, we'll take another break. We'll come back. This is Golden Black Radio. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at TWDesignBuild.com. Broadcasting from Golden Black World Headquarters, north of Purdue's campus, this is the Golden Black Radio Pregame Show. All right, Tom, let's hit some matchups and our predictions for the big game on Saturday night. Uh, here's here's mine. Like, this is it, right, for me. Purdue's offensive line <laughs> has absolutely got to keep Aiden O'Connell upright and in a pocket and let him be on time with his passes, let him see what's happening down the field. If Purdue cannot do that, it cannot win the football game. No way. Yeah, I think that that's a good summation right there. And it's an offensive line that's, 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 that's you know, thread bears, they say, Kyle. They've lost three, uh, three guys who'd started games, Cam Craig, Daniel Johnson, now Gus Hartwig. You know, again, they're going to be really put to the test against a very good the Michigan front seven a lot of uh shotgun snaps a lot of a lot of quick reads a lot of getting the ball out of Aiden O'Connell's hand quickly right 
that's what you're going to have to do. But Kyle, the problem with that, can the pretty receivers get separation and get open quick enough too? Yeah. So again, that that's the conundrum you've got as, as, as a play caller and, and you can only do so much with your personnel, but that that's got to be what you try to do. I think, I think you outlined it perfectly, but can't Purdue do that. We shall see. Uh, so again, uh, maybe some screens. I'm sure Jeff Brom's got a few things cooked up. And Kyle, I got to ask you this. This seems like a good time maybe to pull out some trick plays, huh? Yeah, I mean, Purdue tried to run one last week, and <laughs> it didn't work. Jeff Brom was not happy about that. Uh, Tyron Tracy just fell down, basically. It looked like he had a pretty, yeah. pretty good path to score. But, yeah, look, you've got to do several things, I think, to keep that pass rush at bay. Maybe trick play. But maybe more than that, you've got to be able to run the ball a little bit, and you have to be able to throw the ball to the running backs and sort of, you know, in a, in a quick quick game screen screen pass mm-hmm. to keep those guys on their heels a little bit. I mean, it's just you, you must do those things. And we saw that with Mockby last week. We've actually seen in the back half of the schedule, Kyle. Early on, they didn't think he could catch the ball. And he's really developed into a nice pass catcher on the edge. I think he has 18 on the year. And, we all see it. Get him in the open field with the ball. And he just has that something about him, that it factor, where he can make people miss. So that's that's a good call to get him the ball in space, the quick passes onto the fringes of the offense, onto the flanks, and let him just do his stuff. And Kyle, don't forget about number eighty-seven, right? If he's sort of a forgotten target, Purdue struggles. So, boy, they got to try to get old Big Payne Durham involved as well. I think. Yeah. Uh, so on defense, if I'm the coordinator for Purdue, I'm stacking everything up to stop the run and then just hoping in the back half, Okay, right? I mean, I'm just hoping like stack to stop the run, hope you can survive in the back half of your defense. That to me seems like what you're going to have to do. What do you think? Well, that's what Ohio State tried to do. And, yeah. but I, you know, I, I guess I agree with you. I, you, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta try to take away something. You can't you can't cover everything, and uh, and I, I think I agree with you. Uh, you still take your chances with Michigan trying to throw the ball over your head. And I'm I'm very well versed on the issues Purdue's had cover in the past. We all are, right? We saw the carnage before in some of these games, but still, Kyle, I agree with you. I think if Donovan Edwards is running for 216 yards again, game over, right? So, yeah. again, uh, you still have to take your chances. I, I agree with you. Put that extra man in the box. Have Jalen Graham play up on the line to scrimmage and uh, try to try to at least mute the ground game, get them in third and long, and still take your chances with McCarthy trying to be Dan Marino and throwing the ball over your head time and again for big plays. If it happens, I guess just tip your cap, right? Get off blocks. You've got to get off blocks. Tr- Corey, Corey Trice, Jamar Brown. Reese Taylor, those guys have got to get off blocks on the edges, or Purdue will get just toasted for big runs. It's just yeah, simple yeah. facts. Tackling an open space in the secondary, we've seen them be an issue uh, several times, and like you said, getting off blocks too. Once yeah. you get off the block, making the tackle in open space, it's hard to do. Kyle, that's one of the hardest things to do in football is tackling open space like that. I again, it's easy to, for us to criticize them. I know it's a hard thing to do, but. Boy, it's something Purdue's going to have to do if you want to pull off a huge upset like this. And and then, Kyle, don't forget, too, about the old, the old turnover game, right? Mm-hmm. The old factor. Who's going to win the battle of turnover, the, the turnover battle? And, and that's obviously going to be key, too. If, if Purdue gets get the gets some fortuitous luck here, maybe Michigan has one of those crazy four turnover games where guys are just dropping balls. 
you know, then you got a shot. And too, Kyle, I always say if you're going to spring an upset like this, you have to score at least one, what I like to call unconventional touchdown, right? Yeah. The pick six, the scoop and score, maybe or a punt return for a touchdown. What's your prediction? I still have 35-17, Kyle. I, I, I got Michigan winning this thing. I think maybe it's close for a half, but I just think the physicality of Michigan in the trenches on both sides of the ball is going to be too much. And I, I think the Purdue offense is going to have a very, very difficult time getting traction, a lot like we saw against Iowa this year in that 24-3 loss. Yeah, I think Purdue shows up. They make it a game for a half. I, I, I don't see uh, Purdue just getting walloped here in the first half. Now – I think Purdue's going to have to absorb a punch in the in the first quarter of this thing and and try to to rebound right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think Purdue can hang in there a, a little bit, but ultimately, I I just agree with you. The physicality of the game uh, at the line of scrimmage is going to give Purdue some problems. I wish that Purdue was healthy on its offensive line and had one more playmaker on the perimeter. Yeah. If you had those two things, I would feel better about Purdue's chance to score the upset on Saturday. Uh, but with that offensive line nicked up the way it is and without, you know, that second guy uh, to really bomb the ball to, I just, I, I struggle with, uh, with Purdue's chances ultimately to win though. I think they can hang in. I've got Michigan winning 35 to 21. Hey, real quick, Kyle. So do you agree with me that if Purdue wins, maybe the biggest win in school history or not? Well, certainly, certainly. Uh, the last, you know, 25 years, I would say. Yeah. What's bigger? Well, what's because, look at the stakes, look at the yeah. opponent, look at the venue. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I, you're probably right. I mean, the Rose Bowl win, but you're going back, you know, you're going back, what, 55 years? They were already, and they, they, were, they were already the big, they weren't even the Big Ten champ that year, Kyle. That game, that game was really for nothing but a Rose Bowl trophy. Yeah. This game's for the this game's for the Big Ten championship against the number two team in the country that's unbeaten. Yeah, no, it's you make just, it's, it's, it's 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 fun. It's fun debate. It's fun to think about. No, it's a good you you make a good argument. Um, there'd be quite it would be it would be quite a, a two week period in Purdue athletic history. That's that's yeah. for sure yeah. with the the start that the basketball team has gotten off to and the way that Purdue football has ended this season and given itself a chance. Uh, Certainly nice to even be talking about it uh, as a possibility. We'll see if Purdue can play well and and maybe pull it off on Saturday. Thanks, Tom. You bet, buddy. All right, uh, that'll do it for the show. We do appreciate uh, Chris Ballas coming on, appreciate our sponsors as well. If you like the podcast, be sure to rate us five stars. Give us a comment as well. For Tom Deanhart and Alan Carpick, I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is Gold and Black Radio.